0: the end of the school year is essentially up upon us now it's it's actually it's been pretty rough wouldn't you agree on, on students and on teachers and on other staff just trying to navigate the the yo-yo restrictions and and a mix of in-class and online learning especially with the online learning uh, a new ipsos poll for global news is suggesting that a majority of parents believe that the system has failed their children during the pandemic and that uh, disruptions to their education are going to end up having some pretty long-lasting impacts on their kids. So in the survey, just 41% of parents who were asked said that e-learning had been good for their children's education. Uh, About 60% of parents agreed their child is behind now in their education and they blame it on e-learning. 67% said they believe that the learning disruptions will affect their child's future opportunities. Yeah, there's a lot weighing on a lot of people's minds right now. Dr. Lana Parker is an assistant professor. Professor in the Faculty of Education at the University of Windsor, and she's joining me to talk about this here on 6.30 Shed Mornings. Good morning, Dr. Parker. How are you? Good
1: morning, Daryl. Thanks for having me. I'm doing
0: well, thanks. Uh, great to have you here. I appreciate you coming in for this conversation because clearly this is top of mind for an awful, awful lot of parents. Do you agree uh, with this majority of the surveyed parents in this poll that the online learning really hasn't turned out all that well for, for, for the majority of kids or for a lot of them?
1: Well, I think it was a tremendously difficult circumstance, Um, you know, rather a short amount of runway to do a lot of work. And I I do have to say that, you know, when we're in pandemic conditions and it's a necessity to pivot online to keep uh, people safe, that's what we have to do. Uh, I think that teachers did remarkably well to adapt uh, their teaching and learning to the circumstances. But at the same time, you know, for students in a K-12 system, I don't think that an online learning experience can, be, can replicate all of the complexity and, uh, you know, all of the intricacies of being in school
0: yeah and I agree it's not like we had a choice it wasn't like hey let's go to e-learning instead and maybe we can screw up our children's future that was never the part of it it was to try and keep everybody safe but uh, you know there were major challenges what were the biggest challenges with uh, and also the the whole yo-yo thing going back and forth you're in class now you're out of class and online and that kind of thing so in your opinion what were the major challenges to try and deal with uh, that situation
1: Yeah, well, the anecdotal evidence suggests that it's probably the yo-yo that was, um, you know, very difficult for students and families to manage Uh, if there had been an emphasis maybe on cohorts or smaller class sizes as a first approach uh, rather than simply sort of an on-off switch of moving from in-person to online. I think that that would have provided stability, consistency, and routine for kids and for for parents, um, which would have been very important. Uh, And then with regards to being fully online all day, you know, learning is relational. Uh, So much of it is based on uh, the conversations that you have around whatever the content is that you are learning about, the conversations you have with your friends in class, with teachers, uh, and, and part of that can be recreated or cultivated online but a good portion of it cannot Um, it just is very difficult to to recreate in an online environment Uh, not to mention all of the informal learning that does not take place online so you know the conversations you might have in the yard or in the hallway uh, the experiences that you might have through really hands-on experiential learning in the arts or with sports uh, extracurricular activities all of that you know functions to really deepen and enrich the learning that takes place at an in-school environment. Um, and and one of the things that, you know, this report, uh, uh, report but the uh, Ipso survey suggests is that parents are worried about students falling behind. And I would say, you know, it's, it's a bit of a misnomer to suggest that there's really a benchmark uh, for kids to fall behind from, you know, uh, every kid is a little bit different and uh, there's no real standard that they have to reach by any given age. However, I think parents are right to be concerned about the socio-emotional effects, the mental health effects, the potential, uh, even physical effects, right, like eyesight, posture, et cetera.
0: Right, and I hadn't even considered those uh, those last couple ones. Uh, yeah, d- d- so you, you're more concerned with sort of uh, the the social and the growth uh, of of uh, of students as, as as little human beings, I guess, in, in many ways, because that's a big part of what education helps to helps to mold. Yeah,
1: you know, it's. Um I think there's a a sense that, you know, uh, maybe the traditional mode of education used to be this kind of model that, you know, students are empty vessels and that teachers and education sort of fills them up with facts. Uh, But that has never been less important, actually, because uh, we all know that we can access information at our fingertips. Um, It's more important for our students to become Good critical thinkers and know what to do with that information and and that requires you know discussion debate um, context opportunities for uh, hearing from different perspectives and that's it's possible to do online you know good online pedagogy is possible Uh, but for K to 12 students in particular it's it's not a replacement for that
0: environment it was a it, it was tough too because some students actually i think did well with e-learning maybe because of their style of learning uh, some teachers were better at it than others so it really does depend on the individual situations as well doesn't it both the student and, and teacher relationship but also their own their own particular skill sets yeah
1: i mean uh, certainly there are uh students for whom uh E-learning and um, you know that environment worked well, and I you know it's going to be interesting to see as the research unfolds because we don't yet know. Uh, It would be interesting to see if really those are the same students for whom um, being at school is is quite you know straightforward. Uh, Generally speaking, from the education literature, we know that uh, some some students succeed at school really no matter what you know yeah. irrespective of their teachers um and some of that has to do with you know um lots of socioeconomic support uh, at home um and some of it has to do with you know the the child themselves but what we are i think what we're going to to find out is that for students who are vulnerable or students with exceptionalities that the online um, fully online context um has has added challenges and has really you know one of the things to to think about too is not simply um the material and content but how much students enjoy school and how engaged they are with learning because that's i think uh you know one of the less expressed but definitely tangible goals of education is to instill a love of learning
0: yeah, uh, you know there, there's, there's the the learning, the, uh, the the marks, all of those those metrics that tell us you you are succeeding or not. But especially in those later grades, with with the kids who are coming up to graduation, that is a very special time in their lives. And that special time got changed or taken away, depending on, on your on your point of view. Uh, that has to enter into the conversation as well. And even just getting prepared for post secondary, all those pressures that are on on the high school students as they're getting ready to graduate, that had to have been uh, an enormous challenge for a lot of them.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, uh, sadly, the pandemic has stolen so many wonderful moments of celebration, celebration of milestones, um, moments of togetherness that we would have had otherwise. Um, and it's, it. I mean, that kind of loss is really heartbreaking. Uh, you know, one of the things for me to think about and for us as a community, I think, um, is... To consider the, you know, what are the long-term implications for uh, educational policy? You know, we we know uh, that as the Ipsos Real Read poll suggests, most parents and I would imagine most students and teachers prefer to be in person. Mm -hmm. So, hopefully, our education policy in the future will make investments in that. Um, and not really on, you know, expanding online learning.
0: Uh, although there, there's suddenly some opportunity because we've seen that the, you, you can still, live, you don't have to throw out everything with online learning. There are still some opportunities to try and figure out what worked best and, and how it can help with some individuals too, don't you think?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's important to recognize that uh, like any other kind of teaching and learning, online learning can be done well. Uh, And it certainly has a role. I mean, in Ontario, we've had uh, correspondence courses and uh, options for online learning for a couple of decades now. It's not that it doesn't have a role and a presence in our um, educational community. Uh, What I think we should be wary of is thinking of it. Uh, in an expanding capacity or mandating online courses for students where, you know, that becomes a, a bit of a slippery slope.
0: Sure. Yeah, it is funny too that as I, as I talk about that, online learning, well, yeah, we used to call it correspondence courses yeah. <laughs> back in the day. Uh, that one of the concerns with, out of the survey was people worried about their, their children's long time, long-term future. You know, what is uh, what is this situation going to do to them? Uh, obviously, we can't necessarily predict that, but there, you, you mentioned research and so there must be an awful lot of uh study going into trying to i don't know identify and trying to figure out and and i'm not even sure how you do that if you're talking about some some sort of emotional issues or psychological or growth issues how you actually even research that
1: yeah well i mean there's any number of studies underway right now because for better or worse you know um crisis moments of change like this uh really present opportunities, for lack of a better word, to yeah. better understand what, what is happening, right, in, mm-hmm. in the world around us. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm optimistic. Uh, in my experience, children are re- resilient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that um, we have all, you know, um, globally experienced difficulties, uh, a setback in some ways, if you if, you, know, you wanted to frame it as yep. a setback. Um, and it's going to be difficult to untangle all of the complexity um, as to what uh, encourages uh, children to succeed and to fulfill their goals uh, and what continues to hold them back. Because as we know, you know, the um, the opportunities, we didn't start from a level playing field to begin with, right? Some students um, are um more vulnerable, more marginalized in the system than others. And it is, I think the research is probably going to reveal uh, that the pandemic has worsened that divide yeah. uh certainly the economic data that emerges uh and has emerged over the last couple of months suggests that that's the case for families well
0: hopefully we get through this and everybody's just back in class and it's back to well we keep using the word normal <laughs> i don't know if we'll ever find that that true normal again but uh, at least that's the plan and here's hoping it, it works out that way uh, dr lana parker really really good to hear from you this morning thank you
1: yeah thank you